time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Friday, August 21st, 2020. Thank you for joining us today. Happy Friday to everybody out there as we wrap up a great week of shows with another fun episode here on the Get Home Safe podcast. It is Friday, so that means that we will be doing our segment that we have done the past couple of months called Suds with Studs, where we talk about someone who is either in law enforcement or the military or has uh, a story of heroism or courage or something along those lines. Our first few people we talked about the first few weeks were Medal of Honor winners, so that should give you an idea of some of the people we are talking about. So Suds with Studs, we've been doing that where we talk just a couple of minutes about somebody, just a brief overview, if you will, mentioning a name of, of someone. And we call it Suds with Studs because if it were possible, these are people that we would absolutely love to have a beer with. And you can rest assured that we would not just be buying the first round, but all the rounds. So that's what we've been doing. We've got a great episode regarding, or segment, I should say, regarding Suds with Studs today. And uh, just really happy that we've been doing this the past few months. Again, if you have any suggestions out there, guys, feel free to send them my way. I have heard from a couple of you, so I do appreciate that. And I think we're lined up here for the next couple of weeks on Fridays regarding our Suds with Studs segment. But anyone who has any more veterans or police, military, um, like I said, firefighters, anything along those lines of just a name that we can share, someone that inspires us, please send them our way. We'd love to talk about them on Fridays, and it could be a, a group as well, as we mentioned kind of last week with all the police officers involved in the uh, narco bank robbery back in 1980. But uh, that's kind of an idea of what we've been doing, and uh, just really looking forward to doing it again today and to keep it going. Also today on the program, we're going to be joined by Fred Monteblanco. Fred uh, has been on this program before, kind of towards the beginning of all of these uh, interviews we started doing. Uh, this time we're doing it in person and uh, we're not just going to go down memory lane uh, like we did last time. We're going to talk a little bit more about current events, maybe some views, some uh, opinions, if you will, maybe uh, the way he does things, the way he, I do things, how that's kind of different. You know, we're, we're very good friends, but we're also people that uh, disagree at times, even though our I, I would say in general, our mind is is pretty much uh, on the same road. We just kind of vary which lane, if you will, uh, which lane to be driving in sometimes, just the way in which we go about things. A lot of it has to just do with personality, but it's a lot of fun always hanging out with my good friend Fred and uh, joking and talking. So looking forward to you guys hearing this episode of me and Fred here coming up after our Suds with Studs segment. Well, it's Friday, and, and there's not too many things I really want to talk about today, but a few off the top of my mind, um, the top of my head, if I should say. Uh, I saw, where was I? I? I think it was Farmer Boys. I drove by, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Someone messaged me. Tell me I'm, tell me I'm uh, I don't know, I, I'm overthinking this, or maybe there's a backstory that I don't know about. But I drove by a Farmer Boys, and I saw a sign outside. It said, Heroes Work Here. And I went, 
heroes. I mean, God bless those working at Farmer Boys. They got good food, good services, and that. But I mean, heroes. <laughs> are we are we uh, overusing that word a little bit? And I know that's not the only restaurant I've heard that from. I've seen a few other posts from friends, and they're like, "Really, heroes? Heroes work here, or whatever." I mean, heroes are, are the people in the military. Heroes are the are those uh, in the medical field right now, especially these past few months. And I know heroes heroism is in the eye of the beholder, kind of. But uh, I mean, providing a service uh, of of cooking food and and handing it to you and giving you food, I. I don't quite take that as heroism. Um, but again, I don't know the whole story. So if someone knows something, like maybe they hire more veterans or they do some acts I don't know about, please let me know. But I saw that sign as I was driving by and I was like, really, heroes work here. Like, okay, that's a little dramatic to me, especially in this crazy time we're in where people have died. Uh, there's been so many people in the medical field who – are putting in long hours, law enforcement's under attack constantly. They, they do these thankless jobs. I just don't think flipping burgers and taking money at a drive-thru is the same category as some of those other people I mentioned. But that's just me. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I don't know. Again, I don't need to be right about everything. This show is just about an opportunity for me to speak and say things uh, that are on my mind, get things off my chest. Uh, anything I see... Uh, I just like, wow, interesting heroes. I mean, it's so funny. I'm going to talk to Fred a little bit about this. You know, you see these, I call them keyboard warriors. These, you call them social justice warriors, whatever, but keyboard warriors, you know, people whose, whose phone is their weapon. And it's these people that are, that are so brave, right? Everybody's brave these days. And it's like, are we getting away from, uh, I don't know, just those words in general. I, it just seems like a bit much to me. I mean, I, I don't want to just overstep here and say, uh, you know, I'm not, I, I'm right about everything or I don't think that's brave. Well, how could you say that? Like, I'm just speaking freely here. I'm just, I'm just letting it out, guys. That's all. Uh, so it's interesting to me. <laughs> Heroes work here. I'm like, oh, really? I had no idea. SEAL Team 6 uh, had time to flip burgers uh, on their off hours, maybe in between secret missions or something. Um, I don't know. That That's just me. Maybe the fire department. You know, they work long 24-hour shifts. I know they go out to eat a lot. Maybe they, they tell the guys at Farmer Boys or other restaurants or wherever, hey, guys, you know what? You guys take a load off. Uh, we just got done fighting some fires. Let me let me take it behind the cashier. Let me let me run the register. You guys take a break. Again, I'm not knocking anyone who works and delivers. F- Everyone's got to eat these days. And yes, not many restaurants are open. I get that. I completely get that. Don't yell at me. I hear some of you yelling through the through the radio or the the phone right now. I'm not saying <laughs> people might not be brave, but do we really need to put that out there? Heroes. Here, everyone's a, if everyone's a hero or everybody's brave, I mean, doesn't that kind of take away from the people that do really courageous acts? I, I'm just Again, it's Friday. I'm just thinking out loud. Every Friday we talk about someone who's very courageous, who's very heroic, bravery, all these great things. And I, I guess maybe I should think about someone who's working at a fast food place or maybe it's not fast food, whatever it is, um, medium speed food, whatever that place is called. 
I hope I'm not offending anyone. <laughs> I'm not here to offend anyone. I hope you guys know this. I'm just speaking out loud. Anyway, yeah, heroes work here. That really got me for a loop. A couple other things. You know, I have a few friends who smoke, smoke cigarettes. And I was thinking the other day, you know, some of these businesses, they have like smoke breaks. And maybe, I, maybe I, I'm thinking too much into this. Like, since when, how is there a, how is there a predetermined time frame for businesses or whatever where you have this like bad habit break? Is it, why is it only smoking? How come other bad habits aren't allowed during these breaks? And I know I'm just, you know, in general, I've worked some, some shift work before or whatever in warehouses and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Break time, 15 minute break time for everybody. All right. But, but in some cases I've seen, I've seen businesses where, Oh yeah, you get, you get extra breaks. If you have either smoke break, like really? Well, how come it's only limited to smoking? I have some people very close to me that are big smokers and they smoke a lot. And I'm just like, Hey, whatever, do your thing. Uh, but man, smoke, the, the absurdity of smoke breaks that caught me for a loop the other day, sitting there thinking about that. I was like, wait a minute, why do they get extra time off? Because they want to inhale smoke into their lungs. They want to do that. That's fine. But man, I just want to go sit around and do nothing for the same amount of time. And again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe your company's different than some of the other ones I'm heard. Again, I'm just thinking out loud here. So maybe some of the maybe me being wrong or inaccurate will encourage some of you people to write me in and be like, Matt, you're completely wrong on this stuff. What are you doing? Let's get your facts straight. Well, I'm trying, guys. I'm mostly asking you guys if I'm out of line here or not. So uh, that's that's what I'm using this for. Questions I don't just want to Google all the time. Sometimes I just want to talk into my microphone here and hope that uh, I get an answer. And if I don't get an answer, I'm like, okay, maybe I was right. I don't know. Can't use that for everything, but smoke breaks. Yeah. Come on. We, bad habit breaks. Let's, let's, uh, let's call them, let's call them what they are. And lastly, I get into a fight. Actually, I'll, 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 I'll call him by name. My brother, he and I argue all the time about uh, country music versus like hip hop. And yeah, I've gotten into country probably the past 10 years or so. Uh, I don't know. It's just cleaner to me. The lyric, look at the lyrics, take away the sound. I mean, most hip hop songs these days are just completely, completely out of line in the lyrics. It's, uh, they say words that you're not supposed to use, but only allowed in some situations, I guess. Uh, every other word is about, uh, you know, well, words are repeated. We'll say that. Um, and my brother and I are, he taught, he thinks it's just some, guy in the south uh his his country music voice is hilarious when he makes fun of it it's actually really funny but i like country music because i relate to it it makes sense to me like relationships uh you know going through tough times uh, embracing the simple things drinking in sorrow drinking for uh celebration um finding love all these great things just embracing the the little things in life they're I'm not from the South. I've never uh, lived down there. I've, I've traveled here and there, but I definitely relate more to that sound of music. Not just the sound, but the lyrics. I mean, I tease my brother all the time. I'm like, you act like your life is some music video from Detroit or something. <laughs> I'm like, I used to like Eminem too. I, I did. There was a time and a place for it. 
But man, uh, some of his lyrics over the years, I'm like, I can't relate to that. Guys just dropping F-bombs every other word and, and other bombs, we'll say, uh, that aren't good and are pretty hypocritical, in my opinion. So I'm not saying all hip-hop's bad. I'm not saying all country's good, that's for sure. But uh, I definitely relate more to the country music lyrics uh, these days as I have matured as an adult. I hope I've matured, not just grown older. I think there's plenty of people who would argue with me on that. But again, those are just uh, my two cents this morning. Uh, I had <laughs> heroes working at Farmer Boys. Uh, smoke breaks actually should be called you know, bad habit breaks. And uh, country music makes a lot more sense to me than some of the hip hop and other garbage that's going on around the, the world these days. And again, everyone's entitled to their opinion. It is what it is. Uh, it's the world we live in, but uh, I'm just speaking out loud here in a microphone. Hopefully someone listens and will either uh, nod in agreement or uh, jump on their phone, jump on their keyboard, send me a message, tell me I'm dead wrong. Either way, we're going to have a great show today. We're going to have a great Suds with Studs segment. We are going to get home safe for the weekend, take a few days off, and then come back strong on Monday. That's the plan. We hope you stay with us here these next few uh, minutes as we go into our Suds with Studs segment and then into our interview with Fred Monteblanco. Looking forward to catching up with him one more time. It's been a few months, even though we chat almost every day. But looking forward to you guys hearing some of Fred's opinions, me maybe arguing with him, vice versa. Should be a lot of fun today. But first, let's go into our Friday segment, Suds with Studs. We got a great one ahead for you. So right after that, we will then go into our interview with Fred Monteblanco. Should be a fun time. Stick with us today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our fun-filled show on Friday, starting with Suds with Studs, and then going right into the interview with Fred Monteblanco. Well, guys, the past couple of Fridays, we have been doing a great segment called Suds with Studs. It's a great opportunity for us to talk about somebody who we find very inspiring, whether it be someone in law enforcement or someone uh, in the military. Our first couple people we talked about were Medal of Honor winners. So those are the types of people that we generally discuss on our Friday segment, Suds with Studs. And we call it Suds with Studs. Because if it were at all possible, these are people that we would absolutely love to sit down and have a beer with. And we would not just be buying the first round, but all the rounds. So that's what we came up with. Maybe it's a little corny. We don't really care. It's the thought that counts. And uh, every week on Friday, it's been a fun opportunity to just share kind of someone's name and a little bit about them. Nothing too in-depth, just a little bit about their story, some of their heroic acts and uh, just an outline kind of of some of the great things they have done. Well, today we will be discussing Jim Wilkins. Wilkins, excuse me. He lives in Wrightwood, California, and he was suggested to us by Major Bill Lee of the United States Marine Corps. Bill Lee was on our show a couple months ago. He has one of the highest played episodes on our total on our podcast here. Bill currently lives in Wrightwood himself. He works at Mount Care. He pretty much runs that uh, operation up there. And uh, it was really cool going up a few weeks ago to Mount Care and kind of reminisce about some of the good old days when I was a kid and one of the best places uh, on earth for a young kid. And uh, so many memories there in Wrightwood, California at Mount Care. Well, Billy runs that now and he was the one who contacted me and told me to talk about Mr. Jim Wilkins of Wrightwood, California. 
Um, Bill actually knows Mr. Wilkins. He lives not too far from him, like he said. Uh, he was a self-described uh, surfer kid, basically. Moved to Wrightwood, and uh, it was there where kind of uh, most of his life has been. Bill Lee mentioned to me that Mr. Wilkins was drafted into uh, the Viet- Vietnam, spent two years with uh, civil, affairs and, civil Affairs, and then eventually uh, with San Bernardino County Fire Detar- Department. Uh, Mr. Wilkins helped to start the firefighter slash paramedic movement in the 1970s. Uh, He became captain of the department and served for over 30 years, saving countless lives in the field. Uh, He has story after story. If you just go in and look up Jim Wilkins, Wrightwood, California, there's a few different stories that have popped up. Uh, One is regards to him actually having to evacuate himself a few years ago during a fire that was close to home. And there's a few from, I think it was like 2014 maybe, that discuss kind of the evolution of the San Bernardino Bernardino County Fire Department and paramedic program that Mr. Wilkins was heavily involved in, like I said, in the 1970s. So uh, again, check it out. There's some nice reads in there. Um, Didn't want to get too much into it there because there's just a couple different stories and and I don't want to leave any of them out. But definitely go in there. Check out Mr. Jim Wilkins, uh, Wrightwood, California. And there's a few stories that pop up. Uh, This is more from Bill Lee, kind of his notes to me. He also said that Mr. Wilkins is a cowboy. He uh, does voiceovers and he's very well connected. So I'm assuming he's kind of a local legend there in the Wrightwood, California area. I don't know a whole lot about him. I've never met him, but Bill Lee told me that this is a guy, this is actually a guy you could actually sit down with. He's an amazing, amazing guy. He sent me a photo of Mr. Wilkins, uh, of him there in his older age. He's on a horse. He's got a nice uh, lasso, nice little rope uh, tied to, uh, to the horse there, ready to go. He's got his cowboy hat on. Uh, some great photos of him. Again, if you looked uh, into some of those articles, as I mentioned, just a great, great individual and someone who not only has saved a lot of people and been around and, and really is anyone who knows Southern California and kind of that area, Wrightwood, California, San Bernardino County, all this and that, you know, there's a lot of mountain fires up there, a lot of fires and, and the, the fire departments that uh, and during fire season here in Southern California, man, it seems like. Uh, the fire spreads quickly, and, and these guys are really in the mix of things really, really quick. So Mr. Wilkins and many other uh, men and women like him who have uh, you know, really had to save a lot of lives, save a lot of homes uh, in, in some of their actions, you know, we definitely appreciate them very much here in Southern California because every year it seems like, whether it be up in those mountain areas or Thousand Oaks and Malibu and uh, Ventura, like these are just some of the areas that uh, the San Gabriel Mountains, there's always fires and things spread rather quickly. And it's amazing to me at how quickly the fire departments and firefighters are able to act and how much they're able to save so quickly. Uh, we've had a firefighter on, on this show a few weeks ago uh, in Jordan Ross working as LA City guy. But guys like Mr. Jim Wilkins, primarily up there in the mountains, uh, kind of ready and willing to to jump into thick of it when uh, when it all breaks loose. So, Mr. Jim Wilkins, uh, you are someone we definitely enjoy talking about. We thank you for your service. We thank you for your leadership, being 
uh, captain in that department for so long. Uh, that in itself is a pretty tremendous act that somebody can rise to the position and the leadership and and be there for so long because uh, that 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 speaks to me volumes about the man and the leadership again that is not easy to to always do unless you're you know someone like Bill Belichick or some of these other guys that are in a position of leadership for a long long time uh, to me that tells me that he not only was good at his job but very uh, respected amongst uh, his peers and colleagues. So Mr. Jim Wilkins, we've never met. Uh, you were suggested to me by Major Bill Lee. And I just want to say thank you for your service. And you are someone that we would definitely love to sit down and have a beer with if it were at all possible. And you can be assured that we would not just be buying the first round, but all the round certs. So thank you for your service, not just Jim Wilkins, but the many other people who are firefighters who do uh, tremendous things in that field, the paramedics, I know Mr. Wilkins had a great uh, contribution to all of that, getting a little bit more uh, polished up and everything in the mountain area up there near Wrightwood and the San Bernardino County. So thank you, Mr. Wilkins. You are someone uh, who is an incredible, incredible person, sounds like. And I want to thank Bill Lee once again for suggesting someone uh, of his caliber. And you know what? Maybe here down the road in the near future, we will be meeting Mr. Wilkins. It would be a tremendous honor and just one of many types of people that we like to talk about on our Friday segment, Suds with Studs. Okay, it's Friday, and we have a wonderful guest on the program today. He's a return guest, someone who has been here a long time ago. He's actually here in the studio recording with me, unlike the phone call we did months ago. So it took a long time to bring him back, but I'm really glad he's here. And I got to tell you guys, uh, if you go to Craigslist and you look up uh, Social Media Warrior, this is the guy. He's an assassin. He'll come in. He will uh, like a post of yours. He will make posts of his own. He is all about the cell phone, the keyboard. He is one of those guys that we all need who fights behind enemy lines. Fred Monteblanco, my good friend, my Peruvian buddy. How's it going, Fred? Matt, they- thanks for having me, man. I'm glad to be back. Oh, man. It's good to have you here. And Fred, uh, you're here in the studio, man. This is cool. We don't have, except for Bill Barnes, we don't have many guests in the studio. This hey, is cool. Hey, man, this is great. You had me in the uh, reception area waiting for quite a bit, but uh, <laughs> a couple samplers you had there were good. We're working on improvements here. There, there's little by little, we're going to get this show, uh, you know, at least to five cents a listen or something. I don't know. But we're working on it day by day, my man. So I'm glad you're back. You know, there hasn't been too many repeat guests, Fred. My my uh, my brother, Sam, who who you once knew uh, many years ago. Uh, you guys are on and off again, like a bad relationship, it seems like. But uh, you're back. He was back a couple times. He's probably going to be back again here soon. It's good, to, it's good to get repeat guests on the program. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Um, we, uh, what I want to say, I don't know if you touched on all my uh, medals over there on a social keyboard warrior. Um, I appreciate you bragging about me. Well, I know the democratic national convention is going right now. Uh, and and, and I, <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's the last day of the convention, I believe. And so I think at some point they are going to have an award ceremony for, uh, you know, social media warriors such as yourself. I know you don't agree with a lot of the things they do, but uh, there's a lot of people out there like you, Fred, 
who uh, who loves social media. You, and you know what? I tease you. I I don't quite get social media. I talk about it a lot here. Uh, but but I mean, overall, if you could sum up social media for you, I mean, you're very active in it. What could you tell me about? It? What are your thoughts? Look, I actually dislike social media. Really? I'm just I'm just a troll, man. That's that's <laughs> and and it's social media. It's in real life. You know me. If if there's a moment, a scenario, something that I see, I'm going to be sarcastic and I'm going to troll the person or the object or whatever it is. Um, I think with social media, everyone thinks they are important, myself included. We all have an opinion. Um, some of us post our opinions more than others, but um, I'm just a no bullshit type of guy. And so that's why I think I come off a little strong on social media. Um, at the same time, I think it's very important to uh, give a like here and there to, uh, you know, maybe certain people that I don't see eye to eye with uh, when it comes to uh political views you know they might post a picture of their cat i care less about the cat but i give them a like you know uh i know some people attach their uh what is it their self-worth to social media man i can care less so well, I, I i look at it as fun and games man that's that's what it comes i, I to. vent to you often about uh what things i see on social media and, and we'll get into some of the politics here it is an election year and everything but i i some of the things i see and I just shake my head. I'm like, why does a grown person, an adult, do some of this stuff? You physically have to hand your phone to someone and say, hey, take this picture of me doing this. This will be cool. And be behind me so that it looks candid. Like, <laughs> I hate being the guy that breaks down some of these videos and pictures, but uh, it definitely gets me to get off the phone. I'm like, why am I, why am I wasting my time with this stuff? You, you got to get on the program, man. It's a look at me culture, bro. That's, uh, that's what it comes down to. Look at me. Look at how cool. Look at a uh, culture. It's a pandemic. Yeah, what it's a, pan, a, plan, a pandemic. A oh pandemic. my goodness. This, this, uh, I just don't get it. I mean, yeah, there's more frauds out there than just Dr. Fauci, but <laughs> look at, I've always been the guy in the corner who, who's not very social. And I, I think overall, I eventually get there with people. I mean, you and I be, became, well, we'll say friends, but uh, you and I got there. <laughs> I'm about to walk out. Yeah, you and I got there at one point. But I, I don't know. Like, So I remember I, I was thinking we were hanging out at your apartment in Redlands one time, and you were showing me what Snapchat was. And I was like, wait, what is this? Like, wh why do people have this? And you're like, yeah, you post a video for show what you're doing. I'm like, why would I want to show someone what I'm doing? Like I'm, I don't, I'm not that interesting. I remember you saying I'm the least interesting person in the world. <laughs> why would I want this? Or why would anyone want to see my video? <laughs> and that, and, and that's why, that's why I egged you on. It's because I want to see that so that I can make fun of you. Yeah. You want to see me <laughs> try out Snapchat and be like, you know, what, let me try this thing out and, and post some random photo of uh, the freeway or, uh, you know, my desk or whatever. I don't even know. I don't even know. And, and for those that follow you, your, your, your social media is the best. I love it. It cracks me up when I'm by myself. You'll, you'll post 25 videos of the same thing. And I'm just like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone else is interested in, uh, whatever it is you're doing, but, uh, <laughs> but it's great, man. It's great. It's, you know, all fun and games. That's what it, that's what it comes down to, man. It's just, it's just something that you do. I, I grab my phone. I scroll through social media when I'm just watching TV. I know we've been hanging out and we'll be watching a movie. And and uh, you're like, dude, are you paying attention? Or we'll be watching a sporting event. And you're like, there you go, on your phone again. I'm like, 
I got to respond. Someone posted something stupid. And I think that's, that's my biggest thing. I just think they're, they're idiots out there. And I, and I, it's my job to tell them that they're an idiot. You, you do, you do flip the script. You, you, you switch gears for sure. You go fourth quarter, Fred, real quick when, when the social media gets going and it seems like every day I see, I see your name and I see Fred Monteblanco posted, or I don't know if it says that or not, but as soon as I see your name, I, before I can even read what you say, I go, oh, here we go again. And as I'm scrolling, and usually there's like 68 comments. <laughs> it's just bait, man. I just drop the bait and people bite. <laughs> oh, I guess. Fred, let me ask you this. In all seriousness, uh, th- there is a, there is an issue that's been going uh, around for a long time now. And uh, I, I don't know if there's a cure for it or not. Um, but I think it's a real issue. And I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Um, grown men taking selfies. I, I think it's a real problem. And I just, I don't understand it. Again, I don't know if there's a vaccine for it. Um, I mean, this is 2020. I know a lot's changed, but I'm not going to say that I haven't done it. There, there, there's been mistakes I've made in my life where I have uh, done it for some stupid reason, but I can admit that. I don't think others can. Grown men taking selfies. I, I don't. I don't see how that so uh, fits. My answer to that is it's like grown men drinking white claws, which you just took a sip out of. Um, yeah, man. I, I I don't know. It's again. I think it goes back to the uh, look at me culture. Everyone's just. Uh, I guess with social media. So, for example, myself. A lot of people have um, circles of friends or coworkers or family that they hang around and then you when you take someone with my personality or someone who yeah I have coworkers with but I like to keep different circles separated I don't like to inter intertwine each circle so um I don't know man it's just where was I going with this I have no idea grown men taking selfies no grown man taking selfies that's right grown man taking selfies I don't know man I think just people have time on their hands and then they just you know I, I catch myself sometimes just you know, feeling some type of way when I'm driving late at night off of work and I'll put on some music and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I think I'm a rapper right now. So yeah. I'm to take a video. Uh, uh, yeah. And I think a lot of dudes do that, but the selfie thing. Yeah, man. I don't know. Like sitting behind a, sitting in the bathroom or standing in the bathroom and taking a selfie. I don't know why I don't have abs. So there's definitely no reason for me to ever <laughs> take a selfie. Look how cool I am. I mean, that's what every <laughs> caption should be on these things. Um, I do have a problem with, you know what? I'll take a selfie, but People that like look at me, I work out. I, I don't get that. Like, well, I don't even like the word selfie. I, I don't even like to work out. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, what is that all about? Look at me. I carry a bunch of weight. That's cool. I, I think it's a motivational thing. If I, if I was and, honest, and, like, and I've been and I've been uh, I've been guilty. You know, pretending the uh, hey guys, I'm gonna get in shape. And two days later, <laughs> that went down the drain. So much for that. Yeah. Uh, you know what? No, there's, I've talked about this for the past couple of weeks, actually. So one thing I can't stand is, is on social media, you'll see people post something like, Oh, I just got done the double shift. I'm so tired. I'm like, well, put your phone down, finish your shift and go to bed. Like go home. Like why, why are you telling me about how, what, like you, like you just climbed Mount Everest or something as far as you working adult, you the sympathy posts. I can't stand those. I want to throw my phone against the wall. I just don't get it. Well, you have virtue signaling, which is really popular. And I think this is just a form of 
Yes. Let me show the world that I'm a productive human being. I think that's what, you know, I've done it too. Oh man, Friday, you know, I put 60 hour work days, uh, work weeks easily. Um, and so, you know, sometimes I find myself like, yeah, you know what? This is my way of telling my friends when I don't answer their text message or their phone calls. Hey, there's a reason why I'm not getting back to you immediately. I'm actually. You're ignoring us. Uh, yeah, well, that too. <laughs> I have an excuse to ignore you, right? But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, look, at I, I, I like music. I like songs that are talking about, man, it's been a long work week. Let's let's uh, have a few drinks or what? Like, I get that. Like, but when people are like trying to tell me how like how hard they're life is how hard their job is i'm like dude there's a lot of people in this world like you're not the only one so like let me let me ask you this though don't you feel like you've been connected with some friends that you haven't seen in person but you still know about their life through what through the, social media the dramatic you, posts? You, you, yeah you could definitely be like oh i know what he's been up to just because he posts and so i think it's a it's, it's a sad excuse that we use um, cause we like to say that we're busier with careers, that we're busy with the family, that we're busy with kids that we're busy with, you know, extracurricular activities, whatever they may be, but it's, it's almost a way of saying, Hey, we're still keeping in touch without actually keeping in touch. We've lost that into intimacy, I guess, with friendships, with, with relationships in general. Do you have friends or family who are not on social media? I do. And I, and by friends, I don't just mean. I mean, people that you legitimately talk to a few times a month at least, and you don't have that social media platform, but you still are able to like, do you find it harder that they're not on social media or is it not that hard because, okay, it's just simple. It's a text or a phone call. Like I find that the few that I, that aren't on social media are the ones that are actual real friendships. The other one is a facade. I agree. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think everything else is a facade that where you have your real relationships or friendships. Those are definitely in person and you don't got to share them. I think it's, it's, it goes back to, you know, there's some people out there that are some friends that I have that we might not hang out. Um, I have a lot of individual friends, so not even in circles where I met them or they grew up with me. So I have just one guy that I met from over here, another guy over here, Ty. He lives in, in Glendora. I have Alejandro. He lives in Azusa. No connection, no correlation with, with any of you guys. I don't bring them around. And, and that's kind of who I am. I like to keep everything separate. But if I call one of those guys late at night, hey, man, I'm stuck in Arizona, flat tire, and I can't, or I have a, I'm broke or whatever, those guys are going to hang up the phone. They're yeah. not going to say, oh, man – and they're just going to be like, give me the address. Well, we're in this age, Fred, right now. I would say the past couple months, maybe even the past couple of years, where friendships have really been put to the test. And I, I do think your statement is is very good. It's a good point that I, I feel a little closer to the friends that I don't have on social media. Uh, and I'm not saying those I have on social media are not close friends, but I think the people that are in my life that aren't on social media – I kind of know how our relationship goes. It's easier. There's one, there's one route to get to them and that's the, the telephone. Well, but we're also in this, this age where there's a lot of division, a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, things upset people or, or so it seems anyway. And I've seen friendships kind of ended. Now there's a big difference between friendship and a social media friends list acquaintances acquaintances yeah i mean having 700 a thousand friends or whatever that's a lot of people 
you know, a bunch of nobodies that you've met <laughs> at one time in your life. Well, my bring point... no value to you. Not that they have to bring value, but oh, we ran into you know we. My my favorite with my my brother Sam and you've done it too is someone will call. I don't post a lot because I don't like confrontation. Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> get to that in a second. <laughs> but the people, some people will comment, and you or my brother or someone honestly behind the scenes, they go, "Hey, who's so and so?" And I'm like someone I met not long ago or whatever, like we're not that close or anything. And it almost like, then you guys kind of pounce <laughs> into well, a situation I, 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 because, because real quick, I think you're deep down, you, you're going to speak your mind, but you are aware that words or actions do affect other people's relationships. Like you jumping in the middle of something between two people can affect those two people's relationships when you don't really have a dog in the fight. Absolutely. And that's, uh, I'm, I'm glad you said that cause you're making me out to be civilized. <laughs> so <laughs> no, but, um, I, it's absolutely true. I guess when, when I see something and maybe we, we, you know, when you post something that's, um, that's, uh, what, what do I want to say? Controversial, right. And someone gives their opposing view. I'm going to ask, who is this? I'm in that moment. I'm gauging whether, He's someone that's close to you, someone that you work with, someone, just an acquaintance. And uh, I guess it's my natural uh, part of who I am. I- I'm very defensive, man. I'm very uh, I'm very alpha. But like if you come into my circle or like I see you, you're a good friend of mine. And I know you're going to be as politically correct as possible because that's who you are. Um, I'm going to come in because I know that I'm I'm scrappy. I know that I can care less. But at the same time, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where it can mess up your relationship with that other person, right? So you try to find I, I bait I bait you a little <laughs> by little. I, I'm good at that, you know. But there's a semi. Oh, I shouldn't say semi, but it, there's a respectfulness there. There is so, absolutely, you know, because it's you, we're all we're all friend. Like you're my friend. Someone else is my friend. If him and I have an argument, like it's almost like take it off social media. Say it was, it was, uh, you just happened to stumble upon me and this friend arguing. And then the fact that it wouldn't be on social media, I mean, personally knowing you, I think it wouldn't change anything, but other people, it would be, some people would be like, Ooh, I hear what they're both saying, but I'm not going to get in the middle of that. Whereas on social media, people feel a little more brave and they'll be like, oh, I can send a sentence out, push enter. I would never jump in front of this, this confrontation in real life, but, but behind a keyboard, I will. And, and that's the power of the keyboard. That's, you know, <laughs> definition of a keyboard warrior. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. A lot of people feel a little bit more, uh, you know, key, keyboard courage, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's very important to 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 have that respect and know it. And and look, it, it's happened with me where, and, and it's funny because I want to get into something. Um, a good buddy of mine, you know, Landon, he had actually posted something about. Actually, I don't want to I don't want to mess it up. So I'm I'm going to look it up. You guys will have to give me a a second or two here. But he posted something on social media that I found very very interesting. He wrote. This was a statement. This was what he put it on his post. He put, what's more important, friendship slash family or political views? And I think that's a very important uh, question, especially with with everything that's going on. We're so divided. Um, And so where I'm getting with this is I've had people, 
I'll post something, my political view, my friend will agree, maybe someone like yourself or Jan or whoever else, any other, yeah. you know, few of the uh, right leaning <laughs> guys in California. And then I'll have a family member respond with their complete garbage that I disagree with. And so I find myself in the position where like, it's okay for me to tell them exactly how I feel because that's who I am and that's my relationship. Yes. But I did feel awkward certain times when the bickering starts happening with two people that don't know each other, a really good friend of mine and a family member. So that is odd. It's, it's super odd. It's odd. It's uncomfortable for and, me. And, and here's the crazy part. It's that I have a better relationship with the friend that I have, not necessarily family members. So for me, it's not all about blood is everything. Blood is that I, I, I really base, um, life in general, um, my relationships, whether they're friendships, family, just because you're blood, that doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. It means absolutely nothing. So I try to align myself with, and I think I responded to his, to his comment, but, um, I try to align myself with people that share the same morals and values, whatever they may be. That's, that's who I try to associate with. Let me ask you a question, Fred. You've known a lot of people on this, uh, life's walk, if you will. I don't know how many Facebook friends you have. I, I know kind of some of your friends, uh, we kind of cross over here and there. Have you ever at any time in your life, have you yet to meet any one person that you've agreed 100% with on every single subject under the sun? Absolutely not. And I think that's the beauty of it. Neither, man. neither have I. And I don't think anyone has. <laughs> so what gets me is when you know that there's no other person like you on this planet that you will agree 100% on something with, how you can take away things, you know, that just you and I, for instance, we disagree on a lot of things. On a lot of things. And you know what? We'll, we'll have a, a, a tough guy contest, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, it's Mine's like, bigger. okay, so what? We disagree on things. Like that doesn't take away or, or mean, you know what? That guy's dead wrong on this. He's a Dallas Cowboy fan. What, what, a, what a miserable <laughs> dude that is. You know, I can't be friends with that guy. That's how some people act. Yes, definitely. And, I, and I've run into that. But you know, you know what solves that? It's what I always tell you. You know what that is? Learn to agree with everything I say. We're going to get along. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> I'm right. You're wrong. My opinions matter. You know, mine are, mine are facts <laughs> and yours are opinions. Oh my goodness. I, I do think there's a different approach you and I, uh, and that goes without saying, I mean, you're, you're very, you're, you're more confrontational than I am. You, you will say what's on your mind. Um, I'm a little more guarded, I think with, uh, and, and and that said, I think there's a lot of people like you and there's a lot of people like me that are out there. And so when I do speak up a little bit more, I feel like there, there are moments where I, I do need to speak up more about something I believe in. Um, but but I've just, I don't know. I don't, like I, I use the word uncomfortable. I don't like being uncomfortable. And and it's funny coming from a referee umpire guy, right? Who my, my work, my life is in confrontation and arguing with people and people telling me I'm wrong. And then I have to, you know, defend myself, whatever the case is, that's my life. That's my work. Well, in my personal life, I don't like it as much. I don't, I don't want to, to do that with people that I care about. I mean, it's, it's necessary at times, but I know that it can get so ugly fast. So for me, I don't embrace that. I don't embrace that, that, that moment where, Unnecessary conflict. 
yeah, it just gets ugly. And I don't, I'm like, I don't need that in my life. That's just me though. No. And, 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 and that's okay. And that's okay. You know, that's, that's what I try to uh, get across to everyone. We look for me, what I try to let people understand is I'm going to talk my shit. Let's, let's just be honest. I, I, I am a provocateur. I love to just drop something and I like to see you go at, go at it. I love playing. I love playing devil's advocate. I love stirring the pot. <laughs> I, I get off. So it's crazy. I did this, uh, this personality test and I know I'm getting a little deep in here, but it's, Whoa. I'm an ENTP and you'll have to look that up, but the ENTP, their mind is they love playing devil's advocate. We love arguing just for the sake of arguing. We get off on that. That's literally what we do. So you could tell me, Hey Fred, you know, I really, I really believe in, uh, all these athletes sitting down and taking a knee, which I know you would never agree with, but, and I'm going to be, and I'm just going to give you the opposing view or vice versa. I just want to see how your brain works, the logic, the reasoning behind it. And that's how we are. Well, I remember like, uh, I think we did this in high school a little bit, but college specifically. Oh yeah. Think, think about it. Like I'm, I'm curious today where in colleges, you know, there's, there's this, there's this war on free speech. Really. If you disagree with what we say, we don't want to hear you. Whereas in college, one of the beauty of like a debate class was your teacher, your instructor would educate you in how to debate and they would give you topics. I remember having to argue topics that I didn't agree with or, or that I didn't think made sense, but in training you to do that, like you said, so I think of someone like you who there's people like that who enjoy debate uh, and, you know, debate teams or whatever as an example. So I learned to take an opposing view and you learn how to with factual, you know, with facts, how to defend that view or make it, you know, try to put your, your point across. You need to build. You have to build. Well, it's like, put it this way. Think of, think of lawyers. Think of lawyers, defense lawyers specifically. They have to build a case. Absolutely. Much like a prosecution does. Okay. Everyone agrees on something that happened. Now it's, everyone's story and you have to use the right amount of facts to build your case. You can't just throw out random speculations and opinions. At some point you got to build facts as well. So lawyers in a courtroom, I think is a, is a great example. And you could, you could say that argue that, yeah, some people just lie, but in general, it's about building facts, building a case. So That's exactly what's going on with society. You, you nailed it on the head with that analogy. You have people that speak with facts. Mm-hmm. And then you have people that speak with their emotions or what they think or how they feel. And so they speculate, they, or, or they, they have this utopian way of thinking of how they wish they were, how things were. And that's the problem, right? I mean, let's take a, which by the way, I'm going back a little bit, the ENTP, their number one career should have been a lawyer. So I really screwed up there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. And, and I think, I think when, at the end of the day, the one thing that I realize when it comes to social media is that I'm not going to change your mind and you're definitely not going to change my mind. But the reason why I'm so active on social media is because I'm going to say the things most people won't say, whether that's because they're afraid of rep, uh, being reprimanded for the things they say um, that, you know, things that can get back um, to their workplace. We yeah, see a lot. I know a guy careful. last week who told me, I got fired because of something that I said, my opinion off the clock. And, and when you start ruining people's lives because of their opinions, I have a problem with that. And so 
I don't know, man. It's 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 a double-edged sword, social media for sure. No, it, it absolutely is because the the again the arguments to it are well, what if your argument is that uh, everyone who turns eighty years old should should just be executed? Like that's my opinion. Yeah, I'm just we saying save that money on social security. <laughs> so I, no, it's it's a it's a random extreme case, but it's like the argument is well, that's my opinion, and most people would say, well, your opinion is extreme. It's wrong. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, that, that's just, but where did we go wrong with, with this whole social media? And that's the problem that I have with it. We lost the real chance to communicate, right? With communication, you have tone, you have body language, you have all these things that, yes, you know, and you don't see that you don't hear it. You don't feel it. Um, everything gets taken out of context completely if they've already labeled you that you think one way and, and and i'm at fault for thinking like this also um we tend to take things out of context and so that's a big problem that's a big problem and and uh i don't know man you know i have my i have the people that i go back and forth with on social media yeah. i love it it, it, gives, it gives me life <laughs> yeah and vice versa you know oh i, I go yeah fall fred and so and so are at it again uh, <laughs> you know so i, I just kind of roll my eyes and move on but uh, some people love it, and and yeah, you're very good at it. I'll say that. I'll say that. I see your points, and I'll be like, "Ooh, that's a good one." Ooh, how's he going to answer that? And there's times I know you get a little caught up, and you're like, "Oh, okay." I, I like to use people's words against them. I like to take a part of their sentence and just throw <laughs> it right back at them. <laughs> have Fred, have you ever defended someone on Facebook? I have recently. Really? Now I'm not all about, but here's here's the reason. It's completely different than what most people defend. Most people. Take out a friend on uh, defriend a, a a friend on social media because unfriend what or unfriend what yeah. yeah unfriend someone I don't even know the terms <laughs> yeah yeah but they, they they unfriend someone because difference of their uh, their beliefs right especially politics let's let's be honest right right and left man it's a big one yeah um I've actually taken off some friends that I grew up with because I don't because I know that I can say offensive things. They should know that if they ever need me or need something or want to continue that friendship, I'm just a text away. I'm a call away. Yeah. They should know who I am already. So I've done it out of respect to them. Now, should I have told them? Maybe because it's going to get lost in translation. Man, this guy, this guy unfriended me. You know what I mean? So I have, I have out of respect because I'm like, yeah, I say, I say some pretty, uh, <laughs> you know, I say some pretty crazy things out there and, and, and they might feel some type of way. Um, but at the end of the day, I think you, it really comes, you got to know who you're dealing with. Yeah, that's all I, I see. I've seen it. I've unfriended. I've been unfriended. It's not a big deal. I mean, some people I'm sure want to go cry to the sky and be like, Oh, this is, how could they do that to me? But quite honestly, sometimes unfriending, it's just like, it's like a breakup. It's just like, it's like breaking up from a bad relationship. It's like, you know what? It's probably for the best. Let's just, let's just go our separate ways. No will will. We'll hook up later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're talking about social media. Oh, Fred. Sil silver lining as always, man. Yeah. See, see, there it is right there. That, uh, that, that's going to get you in trouble sometimes. That's going to get me in trouble. Sorry, babe. I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking to Jen, not me, guys. <laughs> Well, Fred, you and I are both guys that have done a lot of driving. Uh, you had a taxi service. I was a big-time Uber Lyft driver for a while. We don't have to get into all those details again as as uh, we did in our previous episode. But 
I consider you and I as somebody, uh, I think we're on the same road as far as our views go, the same path, the same freeway. We're just in different lanes at times. And I think the way in which we drive is kind of the best way to sum up kind of uh, how we are as not just friends, but some of our viewpoints. Yeah, our personalities, man. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're we're both going to the same uh, destination, except uh, you're driving, what is, what speed limit? 75, 65? <laughs> See, there you go. I don't even know the speed limit. You know, with your seatbelt on and I'm in the uh, carpool lane and uh, unlicensed driver uh, flying at 96 miles an hour. Yeah, you know? swerving, not using your blinker. I mean, yeah, that's you for and, sure. And justifying why I'm going fast, officer. Yeah, and at the same, and what's going to happen, we're both going to get to the same destination. And it'll be like, oh, we just did it differently. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to probably flick you off. <laughs> flip you <laughs> off. I'm sorry. <laughs> on my way there. but <laughs> So, man, for sure. Same same road, different lane, for sure. Just the way we go about our business, I think, is kind of the best analogy I can come up with. But you made a good point um, a little bit ago about body, like with communication through social media and phones and text message and all these different things. Um, with Zoom, you can kind of see body language and everything. But I'll tell you one thing: in my line of work, in umpiring, officiating, body language was huge. You could say something to someone aggressively, but if you looked calm, the perception was, "Oh, okay, there's nothing going on." Whereas if you looked out of control, then people were like, "Wait, what's going on over there?" So body language was huge. I can't tell you how many times I was told on a field like. Hey, you looked really confident there. And I was like, really? I was scared to death or, or the other way. Like, Oh, I was, yeah, I was really confident, but I looked terrible. So body language is huge. And I think with social media and the ways we communicate these days, as you mentioned, uh, it's definitely a problem when you can't be face to face or read people's body language. Yeah, definitely. And context, man. I, I, I stress context. Time, context man. is everything. But uh, body language, oh, man, if there's one thing I take from care is body language. Mm-hmm. Body language, I mean, if you lost, you know, it's, how, it's, it's your demeanor and how you hold yourself out there, man. Body language is everything. It's one of the things that I, I, um, I drill into Jeremy. And for those that don't know, Jeremy is my, he's my boy. And um, he's just, you know, bo- body language is everything. It, 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 what do I say? It's. It builds, it shows confidence confidence. or lack thereof or lack of confidence. Big time. Definitely. You know, um, and, and let's be honest as far as, you know, the dating world, this is something I struggled with all the time. Like no, no girl wants to talk to an uncon, a a non, what's the word? A a, A, a Matt, her (laughs) (laughs) a non-confident guy. The number one thing girls talk about is all confidence. That's number one. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, there's a fine line of confidence and cocky and you, you're more on the cocky side of things. Uh, but what, what do I tell you? You got to be a peacock, man. Get those feathers <laughs> out there. You can't be the, no. the bad guy in the corner. hating no, life. Thanks. No, nope. it, look, I used to tell, I, I tell people all the time I've, I've had, you know, I've had some decent, uh, good looking girlfriends and I've had some friends go, Hey man, uh, how? <laughs> and, and, and what I say is, look, I'm not the best looking dude, but man, you just got to have confidence. And that's, that's anywhere you go. That's at the workplace. That's uh whether you're playing sports, that's uh well, while you're doing this, man, you know, I, I confidence. Just <laughs> fake it radiates. till you make it. Fake it. Till uh, you yeah. Make not, it, not necessarily fake it till you make it, but yeah, <laughs> be confident in what you're doing. Know that you provide value and that, you know, learn to elaborate and go off of. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And, and that's why I think like with, with social, like, I don't always know what to say when you're we go back to social media but like 
I don't always know what to say because I know I always look four steps ahead into most of my decisions, which is a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. Um, so I, you overthink. Things. I'm a huge oh overthinker. Oh, I, I don't time. think your listeners realize that. No, not at you, all. you've thought of 10 million. Th- you should go work for the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am. <laughs> I don't like this recording stuff you got going on here. Oh boy. No, it's true. I do. That's why I appreciate your friendship is, is you're more spontaneous. Uh, most times, uh, you know, I, I got a plan. I need to, I overthink, I, I think of all the obstacles or the reasons things could go wrong. Uh, and, and occasionally those are, though, that's a good thing because I'm prepared. I love being prepared, Fred. It's, oh, a, it's the best. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's, uh, I think we talked about this maybe one of the early episodes, but I think I'm not even going to pretend that I'm always prepared, but I'm pretty, I was, uh, how do I say it? I was taught well because of Rio Hondo prep and I don't want to bring up high school all over again, but you know, when we went on our trip, we saw those, our girlfriends, man. And we're just like, okay, it's time. We're out by this time. We have our stuff ready. We're just prepared. And yeah, anything you do in life, man, you got to be prepared. Um, Definitely. <laughs> you, over, you overthink things though. Oh man. Well, well, let's talk about something else, uh, Fred, something, some, some recent news. We'll say a good thing from the year 2020 that has occurred is you became an uncle recently. Oh dude. I thought you were going to talk about me becoming a, uh, uh, what do you call it? An essential. God. <laughs> we all know you're yeah, not that. No, dude, it is, it is the freaking coolest thing being an uncle, man. Really? It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. I like to look at myself like a young dude that we're still, at. I'm, I'm still a kid at heart, man. It doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. I'm going to be 95 years old and I'm still going to, you know, <laughs> wear a backwards hat and black socks and flip flops. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just seeing, just seeing Gianna, the new generation, man. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, and all the things that you want to teach. It, it's crazy. Although, you know, I'm her uncle, you know, all the things that we talk about, all the things my family talks about, we're going to mold her the way we think our, our, our yeah. ideology at the same time, make her make her own decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. But those values we're going to try to instill in her as, as much as possible. But yeah, man, it's great. She's uh she's getting big, man. Newborn and uh, you know, her uh, Craig and Valerie, your sister, uh, you know, welcome Gianna a few months ago. And I think it's incredible. Uh, we all love the name, obviously a yeah. tribute to Kobe Bryant's daughter. That's right. Uh, pretty credible stuff. And uh, yeah, I've enjoyed the following the pictures of uh, of her from your your sister, or yourself, or your family members. It's great stuff. Great addition to the Monteblanco slash Taylor family. And, and it's look, I, w- I want to touch on something for those. We you know we're talking about social media, but no one is safe in the Monteblanco family. Gianna is getting trolled, and she doesn't even know it. You know what I mean? <laughs> to the point where Val's like, "Hey, that's enough. That's my daughter." You know? <laughs> and then we'll get, we just take at the Monteblanco household. It's it's a round table of. You're gonna, you're, it's your turn. We're gonna make fun of you. Mm-hmm. So you have to have thick skin, man. And it's all in, it's all in fun. Oh, fun dude, games, absolutely. Man. That's what it is. I can, I cannot repeat on this uh, program some of the names my brother and my father and I have called each other when we are in a room together. Uh, even, even Valerie, my lovely girlfriend, not your sister. Uh, she's just like, you guys are way too much. I'm like, what are you talking about? And it's just, it's a special relationship. Family's good. Uh, you talked about blood not necessarily being uh, necessarily blood or that important, but dude, the- I could have some family members that were yeah. died today, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's sad <laughs> for my dad or my mom or whoever." 
Well, I, I think, you know, I think something you and, and some other friends have talked about with us is that, or with me is that, you know, your circle of friends and, and that might occasionally be your family as well. As you grow older, it kind of shrinks a little bit for multiple reasons. It doesn't have to be bad blood necessarily. It's just everyone's kind of going about their business. Uh, they're creating new circles, if you will. Absolutely. And so, and sometimes uh, your circle of friends just just gets broken up for. Look, we change and evolve, and if we're not changing and evolving, you know, just you got to remember the the relationships that you had and, and try to maintain those. But life gets in the way. Um, you know, there's some friends that I haven't talked to in years mm -hmm. and we can pick up like nothing, absolutely nothing. Cause it's already been established. We know what we have, but yeah, you know, I, I'm very big on this. I always tell people, dude, I have no friends. I have very few friends. <laughs> I, guess, I guess, I guess we'll consider Matt a friend on this show, but no, no, no. Let, let me rephrase that. I look at so many people, like you look at social media, whatever you're an acquaintance, you're an acquaintance. And True. that's why I can care less even when people are like, well, how can you say that? Because I just don't care what you think. The people that I care about, if you call me or you tell me, hey, dude, I'm offended or, hey, this bothers me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do something about it because I, I care. You know what I mean? We have, we have that relationship. But, yeah, man, I can count my friends on one hand, and, and, and I'm very big on that. You know, With loyalty, with friendships, with family, we have to have something. It's not just because you're blood. It's not just because I know you or we grew up together or whatever the reason may be. Yeah, is it is it weird for you, Fred, that, uh, you know, you, you come from a, I call it a big family because there's four kids and uh, you have great parents. Um, is it weird that, you know, you're, you're young, you're si both of your sisters are married now and one of them has, has a kid is I'm not, I don't mean weird in a bad way, but I mean, how does it feel? Cause you're two years younger than me. We're in our, our mid thirties here. I mean, doesn't it, isn't it odd? I, I like you mentioned just five minutes ago about how you, you feel like you're this, you always feel like you're, I don't know, 24, 25. That's just the age you feel. Right. And, and you see people getting married. You're like, what are they doing? And you're like, Oh yeah, we're at that age now. Well, I think you grow <laughs> up thinking, okay, I'm the oldest. So I'm going to be the first one to get married. I'm going to be the first one to have kids. I'm going to be the first one, you know, first, 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 just because I'm the oldest. Right. But then I see my two younger sisters and, you know, both of them are married once having a kid. And it's just like, whoa, no, it definitely, it, it definitely, uh, it's weird. It's a little weird. It, it hits you, right? It, it does hit you. <laughs> um, it, 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 it hits me in the way that, oh God, I don't have to deal with that. So. <laughs> and most people are thinking, God, he should be having a, you know, you just have a, like a Mormon family by now. Just <laughs> well, well, I am Mormon. Family. Well, I know your parents are proud. I know it's been a while since you and I chatted on this podcast. A lot of things have changed. Uh, your mother actually hit a, hit a pretty big milestone, right, within her educational career. She did, man. So you know, I, I don't want to get too much into it, but yeah, my mom, um, she sacrificed a lot, man. Um, she is someone. I guess the way I view things in life, the uh, perspective I have on things, and it's the optimism dude i look at at the world with such optimism i if you have an excuse and you're not where you want to be it's because of you so accountability and and perception and and being optimistic were drilled into me literally as a kid and so i didn't sound right but uh you know <laughs> she she definitely she went back to school uh she decided to go back to school four years ago and um she was a little nervous at first especially with the whole math section but man, we're talking about a lady who 
who um and and I posted this on uh, for those that do follow me, mm-hmm. but she came. She's so I'm I'm Peruvian. She came to the United States from Peru at 17 years at 17 years old. I'm sorry, 18. Her mom died the year before that. She was pregnant with me. Um, she struggled, man. She struggled. My dad didn't come until six months later. So the first six months, she was by herself, no family, didn't speak a lick of English. So, I mean, I can't imagine doing that right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just no picking kidding. up and leaving your family and, and at that age and, and losing your parents and all that. So, you know, she had, she went through all her trials, but she never used it as an excuse. She never talked about, you know, it, as a matter of fact, it's the things that motivated her to, to succeed, man. And we grew up very privileged, man. You know, there's, there's no reason. And we got a lot of help along the way. There's no reason why I should have been at Rio Hondo prep. I, I think we've touched on the story, like how I even got in there. Yeah. But you know, yeah. Good for her, man. She's living her life. And, and it's kind of cool looking back because we grow up thinking, you know, our parents tell us you graduate, go to school, get a good career get married, then have kids. Well, she did everything on the hard part early on. So she's, <laughs> you know, she's 50 years old and she's just starting her life out while acquiring multiple homes, while, while starting her salary. You know what I mean? So she's, she's done with kids. She's, they're just living the dream. Man. Oh man. It, it's great. Sometimes the orders, the order is off or whatever, but you know what? I, I just, I remember growing up, I'm still growing up, but like in your twenties, everyone's like you feel this pressure, like there's this timeline where you're supposed to accomplish things. But I think in this age we're in now, and even the past 20 years, things have changed so much where, no, there is no specific time where this should happen or that should happen. And uh, the timeline is is off. And in some ways, it's sometimes it's bad. But in a lot of ways, it, it's a good thing because it gives you more options, more freedom to uh, pursue some things. And yeah, at some point we all got to kind of settle down, but it's nice to know that there's Do not we? this deadline, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, man. And, and that's, I think that's actually a problem with society. So, you know, with, with my perspective and the way I think, um, I don't look at life like most people actually, I hate the whole timeline thing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you have to be self-aware of where you're headed to because time does go by and you can get left behind, and we'll, we'll use that word, in the sense of, okay, have I started my career? Have I started to have kids? Because those are there are certain concrete things. Like as soon as you get older, you know, most likely you're going to find someone of your age or around, and, um, you know, you're going to want to have kids or they're going to want to have kids. So then, you know, certain things, you know, we're going to talk about the biological clock there, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's certain, certain things, but no, no, you should never – it's good to compare – don't compare yourself to people and what they're doing. Use them as a barometer, though. Yes. It's, yeah. you know, that's that's what I like to do. I like to, you know, there's some pretty successful guys that we grew up with, and I use them as a barometer and as as inspiration. At the same time, certain things that they do, dude, I would never do. And certain things that I do, <laughs> they would never, you know? And that's just part well, of life. Well, you also see guys that follow the uh, quote-unquote timeline. And they hate by, their lives. By the time they're 30, they're, they hate their lives. They hate their life. By the time they're 30, they no. <laughs> by the time they're 25, they made a decision. God. <laughs> oh, man. No, it, it's funny stuff. I mean, you and I have chatted a lot over the years, and I think we've both been in dark places. We've both had moments where we are, are really doing well for ourselves. But that's life. It's a real, It's up and down. It's these roller coasters. And I'm always looking for what the next big thing is. I'm always – I'm hopeful. I pray about it. I try to, you know, 
dip my toe into different things. I don't think you can be afraid to pursue things. Uh, but I also know that again, you got to kind of stay somewhat on a path, if you will, not. Let not me ask you this. This is kind of taking it maybe yeah, another direction, but I have felt that I have had very um, surface level relationships with friends. And what I mean, where I'm going with this is I think a lot of times, maybe as males, we don't share our struggles or the dark times. And I think it's important too within your group, within those p- people you trust. I don't know if it's the way we grew up. I don't know. Do you know, do you, do you get where I'm going with that? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you want to touch on that. No. Um, I don't know. It's just, uh, I feel maybe as, as I've grown up, even with you, like we've become really good friends because we've, we've had that. Oh God, I'm going to sound. Yeah. But you, you, you share, <laughs> you know, you share those, you, those vulnerabilities or those, those things that are going in your mind, you know, that a lot of times we're taught to, tough it out or think it through or people like you and I who are super optimistic and, you know, always looking for the positive, but man, sometimes you, you need, you need someone there to motivate you kind of just to pick you up to, you know, whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah. Just, no, just a little for sure. I mean, we're, we're, we're all, we're all tough guys at heart, but, but we all do have that vulnerability of moments where we're just, man, we, we need a, we need a little help. We need something. And, and it's funny that uh, the guy relationship guys, give you guys give each other such a hard time it's so much fun like if you know if you were to if you were to come to me saying oh i need you know like i i would probably and you would do the same thing off the bat i would probably like i'll oh, quit being a wuss suck yeah, it up. i'm making fun of you right but, away yeah. and vice versa don't call me okay uh, okay what are you Bru- crying guys about guys now? Uh, guys on the real okay guys go ahead <laughs> so, no okay on the real bro go ahead tell me tell me what's what's wrong like yeah, that's my Fred impression. By the way, I have I have many of them. Uh, but yeah, that, that's true because it's hard. It's hard. I think, like you said, there's a handful of friends you can you, at least at least in my circle that that I can do that with. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't tell my my twentieth place friend if you're putting them in order. Yeah, yeah. That, Participation you know. trophy friends. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's tough. It's tough. It's not easy. And and if guys are being honest, it's not always easy. That's why I think. A uh, female companion is really good. That's a good outlet, of course, because they give you an outlet that you can't really talk to your friends about sometimes. And but you, again, you got to have that small circle of friends that you can tell anything to. And Fred, quite honestly, uh, you're there, man. You're you're in that circle. Well, you pay me pretty well, man. So <laughs> <laughs> as long as that Venmo keeps coming through, I'm your friend, man. <laughs> let, let me let me read you some. Uh, these are some song lyrics, Fred. I, I know I, I sound like I'm writing you a love song here, but uh, no, this is a song. I, I talked a little bit in the intro about country music lyrics, and this is a song that I like. It relates to me. It's it's something that the past few months it's really hit me. I've played it here and there. And uh, it's called uh, Damn Good Friends by Tyler Farr. And it's basically just a song about t- talking about you got a, a bunch of acquaintances, as you mentioned. Uh, but it's just it's a small group of guys, really, in this situation, in this case, that uh, that you kind of depend can depend on. And it's uh, friends, damn good friends. They love you like a brother. There ain't no doubt. You know, the ones I'm talking about friends, damn good friends. You can count them all on one of your hand. You got a hundred buddies and a couple of damn good friends. So it, I mean, it's true. It's it's, nothing more true than that. I mean, there's a, there's a hundred buddies, million buddies, but you know, 
who do, who do you call? No pun intended, you know, the Ghostbusters, of course. Who do you call when things are tough? I got in my car accident. You remember, Fred? I got in a car accident a few years ago. It was one of the first people I called. <laughs> I called you. I was panicking. I thought I was going to jail. I thought I was never going to drive a car again. I didn't know what to I was. I was in shock, and I knew – well, Fred's been involved. Well, in you got you got <laughs> in car. He's accident. been involved in like four. Yeah. <laughs> so I called you. Yeah, no, man, I remember that. Oh, I, I, you told me you got in an accident. Where were you? Ontario, maybe. Uh, Ten Freeway at Monta Vista, headed east. Montclair. Yes. Is that Montclair? Yeah, I remember you calling me. You got in an accident. I don't know why you wouldn't call nine one one or anyone else. But <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Uh, yeah, what do uh, you do? Well, call well, the police. Are you dying? <laughs> <laughs> I just rear-ended a truck and. There's three other call, cars involved. Do you remember involved. the first thing I asked you, though? I do not. You I do not? I said, do you have insurance? <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's, such a, a, that's such a Hispanic, like, <laughs> number one no, thing. No, that's, that's a Fred comment for sure. <laughs> yes, Fred, I'm, I'm driving a car legally. Oh, and then I go, and then you told me, yes, I have insurance. Why? I go, then you're good. <laughs> There's nothing to worry about. But but me, I, I look at I everything is a big deal to me. Everything. I immediately looked at my car is ruined. What am I going to drive tomorrow? Wait a minute. There's paperwork I got to fill out. All these different things are going to happen. Insurance. How does that work? I know I pay it every and, month. And you know what that is? That's, <laughs> that all that comes down to is just um, life experiences, man. Yeah. And so, a lot of people also, you know how I, li- I like to talk a lot and and tell people what I'm thinking. A lot of people think that I talk or I act like I know what I'm talking or, Oh, he, I, I, let me rephrase that. This guy thinks You're he right. knows, he's a, he's a know-it-all. Know-it-all. Yes. And I tell people all the time, it's not be, I know it all because I've gone through it. Right. Yeah. So if you tell me, Oh, what happens in a car accident or what happens when you don't go to court because you missed a ticket <laughs> or what happens because of this or that or blah, blah, blah. I've done so many stupid things in my life that it's, that I know that I know that's why I know. So therefore you're a really good example. Oh. You're a leader because you, you, you would show people what not to do. Exactly. <laughs> 100%. I think you'd be a great role model for kids. <laughs> See this, this is don't do any of this. Don't do any of this. <laughs> this is how you turn out kids. <laughs> oh, friends. Again, yeah. You don't, don't, don't pay your dues. Uh, lose all your, lose your cleats, never show up to practice on time and get, get, get 15 demerits every year. This is your guy. This is what you will become. Uh, you make it up and get a couple tackles. You're good. <laughs> oh, by the way, I don't practice on Mondays, Mark. <laughs> uh, faking injuries. Are uh, we? No, no, no. He was okay with it. I literally would tell him, Mark, uh, I think I like, I'm sore still, so I'm not practicing on Mondays. <laughs> Got away with it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I love it. Well, oh, man, it's, it's good. Well, Fred, as far as the podcast goes, have you listened to money? It's been a while, right? Since we started up doing this. Have you listened to many episodes? Do you, do you like listening to Bill Barnes on Wednesdays? Uh, who are some of your other guests or do you just tell me you listen to it and really don't listen to any of this? Well, you caught me. <laughs> you caught me. No, I actually, I, I was a big supporter of it. You have, um, you I have wish we would have done my first podcast a little different because you upgraded here with all the equipment, all the studio. I know, I know. I, I did it through like, I don't know, uh, Morse code. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, your podcast is great, man. It's it's good to hear. You know, I like to hear the uh, the people that I don't know of. I like to hear about successful people and, and people you've come across. Um, it's always good to, uh, to hear and, and listen to those that, um, you know, at one point in my life that I, I came across, you know, 
through school. And so it's always nice to go down memory lane. Um, you just you just look back and you, you remember all the good times, man. Yeah, it's, Bill. Bill. No, absolutely. Uh, Bill. Let, let's be honest. This is Bill's show. Yeah, <laughs> I want to make that clear. He this said that <laughs> recently. Yeah, and and you know what? Quite honestly, it's the one uh, it's constant a, thing. It's gonna be Matt Wednesdays or Matt Mondays yeah. now because this is the Bill show. <laughs> <laughs> He'll love hearing that. But he gives me heart. He's like, oh, the Real Honda Prep Radio Network. Yeah, you had another Real Honda. But but he's. He's turned it around. I think he's a little bit more. And, and Bill has fans out there, man. Bill, oh, yeah. Bill, man, Bill is a funny guy. Yeah. Anyone that has a chance to meet Bill, like, man, that guy's full of life. I love his respect. <laughs> it's sarcastic. I think that's why I love Bill, man. Oh, he's big just, time. He just, and he doesn't care. <laughs> Let's be honest. No. He's arrested <laughs> no. people like Fred Montablanco his entire life. That's for that's for sure. We're the extreme of uh, both sides of the wall. Oh, law. my goodness. No, Bill, Bill has a, he's got. He just has a line for every situation. He's so witty. That guy is so witty. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you know, he talks all the he, time. He, he can be on one of those late night shows, man. This guy this guy can be on. He, like he, yeah, he talked you know, about, just... you know, he'd go up to the bar and. Uh, he'd be he he'd be hitting on on women like twenty years younger than him, and I'd be like, Bill, what did you tell her that got her to laugh off the bat? And I said, I well, I went up to her and I said, Hey, how's how's it going? Can I buy you a drink or do you just want the money? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a total Bill life. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's a that's a Bill Barnism, man. He's just. He's got a million of those, and I try to get him. Like he says a lot of them on but Wednesday. It, it's when you see Bill, and where you get when you get to know <laughs> Bill, it's just one of those guys that just, you know, he does his thing, and he just enjoys life, man, and and his perspective, and it's great. It's well, great. when I, I mean, when I introduce you to him, I mean, I was, I was trying to explain to you. Well, it's like Fred. I got this fifty-five-year-old retired <laughs> cop friend who you're gonna love, and you were like, "What are you?" Why would I like a cop? Of course I would have like a cop. But you, over time, you know, so, he grew on you, right? So I think the way I found out about Bill, I got to tell the story. Oh, boy. Well, I don't know if I should be able to tell the story. but We, we can edit anything. Uh, but so you were driving, and I, I think it was a passenger. We're, we're driving. Oh, car, yeah. And and he calls you, and you're like, oh, man, my buddy Bill. From Hawaii. From Hawaii. That's right. Mm -hmm. So you put him on speaker <laughs> while you're driving. And off the bat, you hear Bill, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to fucking kill myself. Better yet, he's, I think he's complaining he's with us. He took his he took ex-wife. <laughs> he took her, and they were married at the time. He took her to Hawaii with him as he was umpiring University of Hawaii series. It sounds like a good situation. However, it's not because as an umpire, you really can't do much during the day. You got to be at the ballpark at 4 or 5 o'clock. So we all have our routines. We're on the road and they were already uh, angry at each other in life and them traveling together was just not good. And he, he was like, she needs to get on a plane and go home. We need an entire ocean between us. <laughs> she needs to go home, take all my money, get out of my life. She, he was just on one. It was just one of the greatest rants I've ever heard. Yeah, I wish I could remember it better. Yeah, it was it was great. I, I don't know. And you go, who is that? I go, that's my buddy Bill. And I go, he's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's the memory that I have of Bill. And ever since then, you know, he probably doesn't know. So like <laughs> most people listening to this who know the Bill Barnes voice. Yeah, you, you same thing. You heard his voice and him going on a rant. he's animated. And he's yeah. charismatic. So, he, you know, when he's telling a story and he's exaggerating it, it's just – 
it's just funny, man. It's oh, so- <laughs> it's big time. I mean, like I said, you you can dis. I I I hope he's a guy that even if you disagree with him, you you can find hilarious. And I've gotten so much uh, out of being uh, friends with him, even though he's twenty years older than me or 24 whatever it well, is you guys date the same age oh, women in the past, so. wow wow hey at, at one hey never mind <laughs> hey if they're collecting social security i'm interested okay well we will be editing that part out for sure the beauty of editing oh man that that's a that's a cheap shot okay in the next segment here i'm gonna get you fred that was a good one one nothing let me tell you uh, yeah, Bill Barnes. What can you say? He's, uh, like I said, love him or hate him. He's here every single Wednesday, and I'm really glad. <laughs> every now and then, you'll text me and be like, Bill just said this on the show. Oh, my. <laughs> he has the greatest one-liners. <laughs> Well, Fred, we are recording in late August, we'll say, and there is a surplus of sports going on on the professional side of things. There's this current attack on college football that should be starting up here in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, months ago, there was no sports. Everything was locked down like the rest of us. And the past few weeks, we'll say, the sports world has opened up. Uh, NBA is currently in the playoffs. Major League Baseball is about halfway through their season. Uh, NHL is in the playoffs. We see plenty of UFC, boxing, golf, NASCAR, whatever you like. Uh, it's been on. And in another month, we'll probably have some NFL football. So what is your take about sports? I know there's a lot of different subjects involved in this. But what are your thoughts uh, just off off the bat here as far as sports reopening what you've seen the past uh probably month or so it's all garbage right off every single sport this year 2020 just end it this whole playoff bubble i don't know wrapping bubble thing they got going on in orlando it's just it's gonna have an asterisk next to it man you stopped in the middle of the season you had a weird format uh i'll speak on basketball because i'm a basketball guy but just just Lost season, man. Start over next year. Um, reason behind it all. You still got people testing positive for COVID. It just makes no sense, man. Um, going into college, I heard a good uh, argument. They're going to be in a – for the most part, these college athletes are going to be in a controlled environment as much as they can be, yeah. right? They want them to follow these protocols about safety – but yeah, they're tackling each other. Like, so where's the common sense in all this? Either keep them in school, have a full-on season, and and you know. Well, the but the argument here is, I agree with you in that it's been a little ridiculous. But at some point, you got to appease a lot of people that are terrified of this virus. And no, 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 you got to appease the sponsors <laughs> and the money. That's it. That's all it comes well, down to. Ultimately, that's what it's that's all about. All what it's all about. All about is the the almighty dollar. Uh, that is what makes the world go round. Uh, I think the dollar has crumbled a little bit here in the past couple months, the American dollar. But anyway, that's a different podcast. Uh, look, it, in in pushing the seasons back how they have, especially the NBA and NHL, really, it's affecting next season already as far as when you're going to start. Baseball, this kind of mini season, I'm like, all right, I, I get it, but I don't. Really, football was the only thing that, kind of wasn't planning to change anything. I know with college football, at least a couple of conferences that are going to play, 
they've shortened their season from 12 games to 10 games. Which I'm okay with because yeah. there's half those conferences shouldn't be playing anyways. It's horrible. <laughs> it's garbage. I, I think there's an argument to be made over that that, yeah, less can be more. Yeah. You know, if you're telling me for all 10 weeks, all 10 weeks we're going to get 10 SEC matchups, 10 AC – like. That's incredible. Top conferences, I'm top, all for it. Top teams, but yeah. if we're gonna watch freaking Chafee College and Citrus College <laughs> battle it out, then I can care less. Oh, you have heard of UCLA? Yeah, well, I've gone <laughs> to all the community colleges in you California, have. I think. Yeah, yeah, you have. About uh, alumnus. I mean, we'll tackle one sport, kind of one subject at a time, if we can. But uh, let's talk about the NBA right now. I know you're a huge NBA guy. You always have been. You're a self-proclaimed expert. Uh, everything you say is right, apparently. At least it has been in previous you years. It. You're a big Laker fan. I, I mean, when they came back to this bubble and they started, uh, not the thing is, they're not just they weren't just taking a knee. There was things written all over the court, all over the jerseys. It was everywhere. So even if you missed the national anthem, you turn the game on and you still see all this stuff, and you're like, what 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 is going on here? I don't know where you stand on all this, but I, I just think the NBA. I think the ratings are suffering. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I just don't think if you want to sit on a couch and you know relax at the end of a day and watch a ball game that you want to see all these political messages. The NFL did it a few years ago. They suffered. I mean, they're, why won't people they're, learn? They're pandering to the wrong group. They're pandering to the 19-year-old Berkeley female student that can't decide whether she wants to use the men's restroom or the female restroom that can care less about sports. That's who they're pandering to, and they're going to lose money, and and ultimately, we talked about it. It's all about money, and so this whole political stuff, look, I, I'm, on the, I'm on the other side, so I definitely don't like it. I don't like the taking a knee for the anthem. I don't like this uh, every hashtag t- type of t-shirt they have going on. The, did you see the fake MAGA hats the other day? Yes. I don't know if you saw that. Something yes. about Breonna Taylor, lockup care. I don't know. Something about cops. I don't, I don't even care. I haven't even paid attention to it. it. It's that it's lost its appeal. And so, I'm a sports guy. Yes, you are. And I've been very vocal about, you know what? Screw all these guys. Yeah, they, they don't care whether Fred Monteblanco watches their game. But I hope there's millions of people like myself that say, you know what? You're not getting my rating. So that eventually what people don't realize is the millionaire athlete needs the billionaire owner. It's not the other way around. They're billionaires, whether you're playing a sport or not. But but the issue, Fred, is that okay. I'm gonna LeBron James. I don't know the numbers exactly, but but your he's, favorite player. He's the, yeah, my, yes. yeah, hands down uh, for sure. Uh, no, uh, if you don't know, I'm I'm being facetious. I hope you know. But anyway, uh, I I hope he gets. Never mind. Um. Anyway, uh, LeBron's uh makes a lot of money. And let's say I don't know what the the big time contracts. Let's si- let's say a guy will throw numbers out. Let's say and even though I these think are in the fifty five million now. Let's say a guy signs a five year deal, two hundred million, five year, two hundred million dollar deal. Let's just yeah. say that. Okay. Once they've signed their deal, they're getting their money. The players, well, here's what the players don't understand. The players don't understand that they see this money. The owners are the ones that see the revenue and from television from products and all these things they're the ones where their money is changing the athletes money isn't going to change the 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 athletes the top guys in the league the superstars if you will their current uh the current rate for those guys isn't going to change 
off of people not watch. The owners aren't going to go to some the guys. Some of these top athletes that you're talking about make more money on sponsorships than they do on their contracts. Yeah, big big names, right? Oh, the LeBron yeah. James of the world, and you know. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If the owners are losing money through revenue through television, uh, they're going to be upset. But again, it's not going to change anything for the for the big time players who've already signed contracts. They're like, well, that doesn't affect me. I'm going to stand up and say what I want to say. They, they are pennies on the dollar, and that's what they don't realize. Um, going back, so so people like can get a perspective, right? We'll use the Lakers for example. People had an outrage um, a few years ago when Kobe got that. I think it was like thirty-five million dollars a year toward a two-year deal. Right at the end, yeah. And so, you know, a lot of times, again, this is all about perspective and 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 uh, what side you're on. They were looking at as a they were looking at as people were like fans, right? They were looking at it. How could you pay Kobe Bryant thirty-five million dollars, and he's going to take away from the cap from the mm-hmm. salary cap? Right from the from the uh, what is it? Yeah, salary cap. You're not going to be able to bring good players. You're not going to be competitive. The way Jeannie Buss saw it was Kobe Bryant, who he's been here for 18 years, has brought me five championships, has filled up the Staples Center, and guess what? He's the reason why I locked up a six billion dollar deal with Spectrum or Time Warner. See, so 70 million dollars is really not that much to be paying him because he's bringing in $6 billion. And that's the business side of that most fanatics, most fans don't see. They have no concept whatsoever. Spending money to make money. Spending money to make money. And guess what? They're going to be rich with or without you. Billionaires, even millionaires, it's just an allocation of their money. That's it. If it's not you in sports, it's going to be in real estate. It's going to be in in commodities it's going to be in whatever the hell that that, that's that's a talent what i want people to understand is businessmen people that are very successful it's a talent it's what they're good at they know how to make money grow they know how to make their money make money absolutely and you know i just when money's affected like i i can't think of one reason one realistic business uh practice where you do something knowing it's going to cost you money. Can you think of any other business out there that does something on purpose, knowing it will probably cost them money? It's called charity. <laughs> it's not a business. It's charity. That's it. No one's in business to lose money. And if you are, you're an idiot. So then why, so then why with especially the NBA, why are they doing some of these? They're trying to pander to a, a small group of people and they're just like pushing away the large group of people, so, which is their audience. So I'll tell you this because it, it goes deeper than that. And it's the people that you're pandering to, the, the let's say millennials, people like us, right? The, the social, the, the, the woke crowd, the, um, the social justice warriors out there. Guess who are running all these big time companies? I don't know. Where are they employed? At the big, at big, at big the, the sponsors. They're, that's yeah. where they're employed. So they're they're pandering to this whole woke culture, and they're involved in it. It's higher education. It's these huge companies that hire these kids from these, you know, big liberal schools with fancy degrees. They have no, you know. So that that's that's who they're pandering to, and at, but at the end, they can care less about sports. And and so you're 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 diminishing your product. That's that's really what you're doing. 
And you're seeing it in ratings. Yeah, I know you are. Board. But but a con- like a guy who works a 12-hour shift outside in 110 degrees, he comes home, he rinses off, he uh, grabs a bite to eat, he sits in front of the couch to watch an NBA playoff game. Does he want to see all these? I mean, he's had a pretty hard day and has worked all day and hasn't had anything given to him. And he gets there and he sees all these causes being thrown out. And he's like, what is this? I'm watching hockey. I'm watching something else. Don't you think? Look. Just because I'm on the other side, I don't care. I don't want to see politics and sports, period. I don't care what side you're on. I want to watch sports. I want to see LeBron shut up and just dribble. Did I just <laughs> say that? Yes, I did. I want to see, you know, Tom Brady throw a fucking touchdown. You know what I mean? I want to see I want to see these guys' physical ability. I want them to man, – but that's the thing, Fred. I, I have no I, I could guess, but I have no idea what Magic Johnson's political views were. I have no idea what Joe Montana's political views were. I have no idea what my car salesman's political views are. I have no idea what the guy who works at Farmer Boys, what his political views are. I have no idea, nor do I care. I want you to make me my food. I want you to get me a good <laughs> price on a car. I want you to throw interceptions against the Rams, and, and I, you know but, what I mean. Like you're not telling the world that you're a good person, Matt. You're not virtue signaling. But and that's that's. Let's talk about that. Why why is it that? What what is this this look at me magical comfort food virtue signaling? Where does this stem from? What where why is what is this? Uh, I got to be a part of the club. Like, where does this come from? It's it hasn't just popped up recently. It's developed over the past few years. Where people, I think, social media is a big part of it. Big problem, you know, in in contributing to it. But like, where does it, guys? I believe in this, and hey, uh, it's I just want to feel good about myself to let you know, uh, you know, where does this come from? Look, I don't even have a problem with that. You know where the real problem lies with me? It's that they post these things for one week saying, oh, I care about we'll, – we'll go black lives or I care about uh, blue lives or what, whatever stance you're on. And they pretend to, to post something, talk about it, let the world know that they're you know, part of this uh, – that, that they're part of the uh, woke culture. And guess what? They go back to doing whatever the hell they were doing the week before. It's hypocrisy. That's my problem with all of it. Look, if you're posting things on social media and I see you, you know, posting and handing out food to homeless people and and volunteering and doing those things and giving up your world possessions and you start posting stuff like that, man, I have a lot of respect for you because you're at least at least you're portraying online that you're, you're, you're all about it. I have a problem with the people that post something, talk about it, want you to want they want to tell you. Where you're wrong, but it's like they don't do nothing about it's it. like donating to a charity and then bragging about look what I did and then hey you should do this too. It's like you put you try to like put pressure on people or push people to like do the things or believe in the things I do. It's like wait a minute, uh, what it, is it really about you or is it about the charity? It, it goes back to look at me. Most people I know that do good things that that do. Uh, and it can be anything. People that that served admirably in the military, or that uh, donated, uh, they're they're usually anonymous. They, they do don't it talk quiet about without recognition, things. and they like to remain anonymous. Yeah, it, the, the right. loudest person in the room is being loud because they want to take away attention from what probably how much they did not do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they care about wanting to portray that they are all about that. 
And so that's that's the problem that I have. I call them frauds, phonies, whatever. You see it all. Man, I see it online all the time. I should start calling them out by name. <laughs> you know me. Well, I don't. I don't, but so, I should. So you haven't watched much NBA? I haven't, man. No. Ever since the whole corona thing, I have not watched. It just doesn't it, interest It just – you know what? We went so, dude. You know me, man. I'm the, I'm a sports. I think you and I, we can talk sports any day, yeah, anytime. I know that you're watching whatever game is on. I can't say that for the rest of. Some guys don't know what season it is. Yeah, they're worried about watching <laughs> Vanderpump. Desperate Rules. Housewives. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. I think I think, and, and it's crazy because we used to ask this, like, can you imagine a world without? sports yeah and it happened i know and i don't care for it can and I, partly because of the whole all their can i be honest i complained about it a long time here and was just begging for it and wanting it i didn't miss it as much as i thought i found other things to do i found new interests first of all i've i've, I've always kind of had a, a love for fighting and ufc and bought I, I developed a greater love for it because it, it came back sooner than the others uh, i still like hockey i like uh, football, you know, who knows what that's going to happen in the next few months here. I got to tell you something I never thought I'd say, Fred. Uh, I've always respected the SEC and thought, man, they're, they're really good. But I had this like allegiance to the Pac-12 and West Coast football. I'm about ready to buy an SEC t-shirt or something to support because they've really led the charge into playing football when the wuss is on the West Coast and, and, and other people, Big Ten and such, they're like, oh, we might get, you know, it's just too scary out there. You know why that is? The Pac-12 are like Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> well, I argued with Bill about this. In all seriousness, <laughs> I mean, let's in, be honest. In all seriousness, the the left coast, obviously, yeah, uh, that speaks for itself. And then think of the Big Ten country. Think of those states. Like that's kind of those are typically. And how does bluer that translate states. on the football field? Hard nosed, grinding, <laughs> tough, <laughs> like men. They act like men. We want to translate in football, and then you have these. You know, look at me's in the Pac-12, and it kind of translates to the guys out here. Uh, dude, tie it to politics, man. It's kind of you the can same tie thing. you can tie it all in. It's it's pretty crazy. Some of the things you can. I mean, uh, again, I, I SEC I, SEC football is it is it is great. football. It, that that's that's how football should be played. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I love you know I'm a big SC guy, and yeah, I love the you know the whole Hollywood and you know quarterback. No. The environments, everything. I think, and it's not fun. You don't get a high scoring game. They just care that they care more. They care I love more. a thirteen to nine game. Passion. Oh man, God, LSU, Alabama's. You oh. know, they, that's just like, yeah, I got boring watching six national championships. <laughs> but man, I don't need to watch Penn State and Purdue play. I don't. <laughs> Stay home, thank you. I don't need you on my television. Good. Uh, yeah, sorry. Let's get, let's get rid of some bowl games. Oh. I've, Oregon like, State and Colorado, go play chess. I don't need you to play football. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man. my goodness. We had too many teams playing football anyway. So, But, see, because we all have participation. Everyone oh, has to participate. Stop it. With Everyone that. has to be a winner of something. Oh, oh you guys are a bunch of losers. You played for, you played for Indian and Kerry Uthley. You were looking for cookies and special trophies or whatever. Hey, man, that's a shot at Indian. We guys, I, I can't let that happen. We tried hard. We tried so hard. We're foreigners. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I, I'm much member. I'm way more careful than you I try, are. I try to bait you. on Oh, that you did. <laughs> oh man. Oof. I I just glad I have this built in. Like, yeah. no, don't do that. You, you, in my, <laughs> you've learned. You've learned. Oh man. Especially, re- especially recording. 
Yeah, I'm tell you. Oh, dude, Fred. What else we want to talk about, man? We kind of covered a lot. Time has flown. Uh, sports. What? What? First of all, little UFC. A couple things. A couple oh, yes. storylines. I know you're big into that. You always have been. And there's other sports as well. But a couple storylines. The past month or so. Obviously, the big fight with Masvidal and Usman. Uh, I know Masvidal is a big hero. Your Daniel Cormier retiring after uh, last week. What a great, what a great dude. Man. What a great dude. Great career, Just right? Great career. Unfortunately, not the way he wanted to go out, mm-hmm. but just solid dude, man. I think on he's, and off, he's, he's a, a great, good human being. He's a great human being. Three and, three losses to, and he's a great commentator. Forget just as a, as a like mm-hmm. as a fighter, man. He's he definitely has other avenues, and yeah, um, I think he said it best. It was, uh, or I think John Jones said it. People wanted him to have this rivalry that really never existed. I think yeah. John Jones was just a lot better. That's it's fair. Just, That's fair. You know, but. Yeah, just just the way I think that's just the epitome of how you should handle yourself. Even when he lost, man, you saw a guy that that didn't make excuses. He told you what happened, and he wanted to reiterate that he wasn't using those as excuses. But the guy got his eye gouged out. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no, he had a great career. Uh, I'm but, gonna I'm gonna enjoy him. He, he him like listening. That, I like that 170. Um, what do you call it? The Usmans, the Masvidal, yeah. possible Connor, a Colby Covington. Uh, what's this other guy? That's that's interesting. I, I like that. It's a good um, division. It's that's good a wait, good division. Time. Yeah. yeah. No, it definitely and is. And what about John Jones going up to a possibly heavyweight, man, fight and gone? Yes. That's that's he, John Jones, no matter what happens is the greatest UFC fighter. Really? The greatest UFC fighter. That's the GOAT. And there's been some some freaking good dudes, but he's a GOAT. He's but been- he's there's nothing left in that division. So I want to see who I think is the greatest UFC fighter and take on that challenge at the next level. Because this guy will take your head off. He's Nganu is, is a dude. No doubt about it. He's Godzilla, dude. Yeah. Now it's going to be, those will be some interesting fights. Uh, John Jones. Uh, yeah. I'd say he's been very consistent for sure. Uh, yeah. Best wishes to Daniel Cormier. And, and then of course your, your uh, twin brother, Jorge Masvidal. I know you're a huge Man, fan. Man, I love Jorge. What did you think of him taking that fight on short notice, cutting 20 pounds and then putting up a good fight, but maybe not having the whole training camp. Yeah. I think, I think that was a little of an excuse too. I think he knew possibly that he could, you know, as a UFC fighter, I believe you should always be ready. I don't, you know, I mean, that's what they pay you for. Now, no doubt. I'm nowhere. I don't know what these guys go through or what they, <laughs> you know, the, the workouts and, you know, the discipline they go through. But if you knew it was a possibility that you were going to be fighting him, I just think you should always be in shape. Um, I like that he came out aggressive. You definitely saw that he tired out. I'd be interested. I don't think he wins whether uh, if there's a rematch. I just don't think I just don't think those styles match up, man. Yeah. For a striker and someone that wrestles. Usman's good. Usman's good. Look at look at Khabib and, and look at Khabib and, and for, for the crap that everyone gives Connor McGregor, man. They just uh, you if you're talking about winning a fight, the guy that grapples and takes you to the ground is gonna win. That's that's just kind of how the sport is and it's where it's gone and yeah, it's, it's, it's boring. Yeah, you you know, you I think Masvidal calls them crotch sniffers, you know, <laughs> they just constantly going to the ground and grabbing each other, but you know, the exciting fights is when they're they're swinging away, man. Oh, big time! You know, man. Well, speak- Khabib, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Khabib. Khabib's supposed to what? I think he wants to fight one or two more times. Two more times, I think. Mm-hmm. Scott calling it a career. Yeah, 
it's it's crazy, man. That I mean, these guys' careers they go by quick. You blink and they're gone. Some incredible fighters. Uh, you think you think he gives a uh, Connor a rematch to end it? I think he does. You think so? I think that'll be one huge money maker. Win or lose, taking out, taking taking a huge pay per view. Perfect, purse. perfect record. Oh yeah, put it all on the line. Well, one uh, one final thought here, Fred. I know your favorite athlete is Mike Tyson. And Iron Mike. What are your thoughts on Iron Mike coming out of retirement and going to fight an exhibition against Roy Jones Jr. on November twenty eighth? Uh, man, I, I don't even know what to say about it. I, I you've got to be excited Dude, about that. Iron Mike is. I don't think there's been anyone as dominant like in a sport like Mike was in his prime. Just complete domination. I mean, you can talk about, you know, Michael Jordan and you know, that's but one-on-one at their prime, and especially when it comes to fighting. Fighting is just a different, you know, you versus another human being, dude. These guys weren't lasting first round, third round. I'd have to look at their record, but dude, I'm excited, man. Um, yeah, he's old. It's nice to see him in shape, and you know the the videos. It's it's like it's like the girls that take you know uh, uh, selfies. They get the best uh, best angles, but uh, you know, so he looks cut. He looks fast, but uh, dude, he's what fifty something, whatever. But have you seen him punch, dude? Uh, yeah, yeah, he not for us, me. Both of us. I think I mean I think it's cool on paper. Uh, I'll definitely watch it. I know that. I think they're talking about like bringing in like eighteen ounce gloves or something ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know. Either it way, is, it is what it is. It's just a, a nostalgia, I guess. A little yeah. Snapback and be a nice little Thanksgiving weekend right. uh, pay per view. It'd be cool. Iron Mike. I hope he bites his ear off. Oh That'd man! Wow. Well, Fred, I appreciate you being here. This has been a lot of fun. Kind of last minute through together, but sometimes those are the best. Uh, you know. Yeah. conversations or just uh things that happen in life thanks for having me man glad to have you here in the studio this is uh much easier we gotta, than we got to do this again yeah a couple uh i don't know why you didn't introduce me with the studs with studs uh section <laughs> but uh well that was before your uh your interview here was so it? for our friday episode but yes being a sniper on uh playstation doesn't count no. not quite you got a lot more kills needed right. to be right. mentioned here but next time <laughs> next time for sure <laughs> Uh, thanks again, Fred. So much fun. We'll do it soon. We'll see you soon, man. Thanks again, Freddie Monteblanco, for joining us on Friday and getting us around third and home safe for the weekend. Always a pleasure catching up with you, my friend. Hope we can do it again very, very soon. You're always the expert on social media and arguing and debates, so I'm sure there's plenty of more conversation and questions I will have for you in the upcoming month or so. We'll talk to you again very, very soon. Guys, that will wrap up our show and also our week of episodes here on the Get Home Safe podcast. We have learned a lot of different things and heard from a lot of different groups of people. It's been a lot of fun. It always is. I promise you we got more great shows ahead for you next week starting on Monday. We're going to take a few days off over the weekend to put some recordings together and uh, piece together some episodes for you. But Monday we will be back for more episodes Monday through Friday here on the Get Home Safe podcast. It's been a great, great week and I look forward to having many, many more. There are plenty of ways, guys, to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe pod and our 
Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. Our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. That is the best way to get a hold of us. Send us an email, send us a question, comment, suggestion, whatever the case may be. We would love to hear from you just like you hear from us Monday through Friday here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Another fun option, if you will, you can go to the anchor.fm website or the Anchor app. Look for the green button on our podcast, Get Home Safe. It's a green button that says message. Send us a voice message. We can play that message on an episode, much like a caller calling into a show and give our response to your question or suggestion. Uh, You can do the same thing with an email, uh, but it's just a fun way to include our listeners into the program. If you don't want to do it through the app, you can send me a direct voice message in a text message. That's fine too. It's a little more stiff, but that's fine. Whatever is easier for you guys, we want to uh, include everyone we can. So those are just a few fun options to be uh, involved a little bit in the Get Home Safe podcast. We appreciate all your listenership. Looking forward to chatting with you on Monday. We will have plenty more guests. Fred Monteblanco, thank you one more time. And for everyone else out there, have a great weekend. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.